the Making Sense of Life podcast, episode 18. According to J.K. Rowling, life is difficult and complicated and beyond anyone's total control. The humility to know that will enable you to survive its vicissitudes. The Making Sense of Life podcast will not only empower you to navigate through a fast-changing world, but also to grow in body, mind and spirit. Inward change precedes outer transformation. As the ancient Greek author Plutarch once said, what we achieve inwardly will change outer reality. This podcast is sponsored by Logos Medical Legal. Sunil also works privately with senior leaders. Go to drsunil.com forward slash corporate to find out more. Hello and welcome to the Making Sense of Life podcast with me, Andrew Horton and Dr. Sunil Rahesha. Sunil, thank you so much for joining us again. It's great to be here. And it's great to be here as well, Andrew. Now, today we are looking at spiritual maturity. And I know you've written a few blog posts about this on drsunil.com, but we want to kind of unpack the issues today, unpack the questions and really get this um, discussion flowing, don't we, on, on what is spiritual maturity and how we can... Uh, become spiritually mature in a sense can't we yeah it's, i think it's quite a vital topic because particularly in this day and age when people talk about religion and spirituality you tend to go to one or two extremes either when people think about religion they tend to, th to think about all the negative things they think about people who are very judgmental who are arrogant who are very opinion opinionated uh, who are doing terrible things in the world or they think about spirituality that's very um how can I put it, very nebulous, very uh, vague, very philosophical, you know, mm. head in the clouds mm. kind of people. And you sort of tend to go between either those two extremes, either something that's got nothing to do with life or people who are just so opinionated and so arrogant that they want to kill anybody or shout at anybody who disagrees with them or doesn't believe what they believe. Sure. So how do we sort of get to the stage of... Um sort of defining spiritual maturity can you can you give us a few thoughts on that Sunil? yeah it's a great it's a great question uh, that we really do need to think about um here are some suggestions and I'm, by by no means do i want to suggest that uh, i'm the sort of final authority on this but some things that i've been reading and thinking and reflecting on over the years um it has to do something to do with who we're becoming as human beings as opposed to knowing all about the bible or whatever religious book you want to talk about, uh, or being able to uh, recite lots of um, creeds or being able to do lots of good things. It has to be, I think, fall back onto what is the person becoming? What are they becoming? And I think one of the big, if you like, insights that I came across, um, I can't remember where it was from now, but the analogy that, that that's given is the well, let me, before I say the analogy, the, the mm. example that's given mm. is the more spiritually mature somebody is, the more aware they are of their weaknesses and their failings. Mm. And that might seem counterintuitive because, as I said earlier on, you know, often religious people or spiritual people fall into those two extremes of either being head in the clouds or, you know, very, very sort of opinionated about everybody else mm. 
Well, what this what what this is sort of saying is that, and here here's where the analogy comes in is that the, if you think about a light shining on a wall, and we're in, in uh, we're in your flat at the moment, aren't we, Andrew? And I'm just yeah. looking at these <laughs> lovely uh, this, this 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 lovely room that you've got here. So um, it's not a bad decor, is it? It's, it's not a bad decor. Actually. And as I'm looking around, I'm seeing some some nicely painted walls, and they look very very nice from this distance. But I can guarantee you that. If I was to take your lamp that, that that's there in the corner and really focus it on the wall, mm-hmm. as I focus that the light on the on those walls, those walls that look so nice and pristine from this distance, I begin to see little bits of dirt mm. and little bits of cracks and little bits of maybe not so helpful things there. Mm. And I think there's something about spiritual maturity that as the light of God shines on our hearts, we actually become more and more aware of the things that are not right. We become more aware of the dirt, if you like. We become more aware of the ways that we've fallen short uh, and not lived up to, if you like, God's expectations of us or even our own expectations of ourselves. Um, so I think that's there's something about who you're becoming as a person is true spiritual maturity rather than somebody who's um, very much focused on other people's faults and failings. I think that that's probably a good place to start. It's a really good um, kind of overview of, of spiritual maturity for us, you know, thank you for that. So you, you've just come back from a talk from a person called Gordon MacDonald. Now, tell me, uh, what was the uh, the gist of what you took away from there? Yeah, Gordon MacDonald is, is someone who I've been following for a number of years and, if you like, is, is, is a hero of mine. He's, I think he must be in his, in his 70s now, if, if, if not even older. Uh, and he's written a book called The Resilient Life, uh, but as well as uh, Ordering Your Private World um, and a number of other books. But he, at this particular conference, he was talking about what does it mean to be a spiritually mature person? I mean, the words he used is, is to be a holy person. But again, you know, holy is a funny word in, in, in our day and age. It's a bit abstract, isn't it's it? very abstract. And again, it gives you pictures of, of sort of this otherworldliness or, or a holier-than-thou attitude kind of person who, who feels they're superior and better than other people. But he was talking about, you know, someone who's deeply rooted in God. And actually, it, it, was, it was very helpful because it, it's thinking again about who you're becoming as a person. Are you the kind of person people, uh, you know, like to be around? You know, people come in... There, there are people who come, who come into our lives and we say... You know, we're, we're glad when they walk through the door and the people who come into our lives when they walk through the door, we're glad when they leave and go out of the door. <laughs> How can I be a person who people actually enjoy being around rather than, uh, as I have been accused of being by my children, I have to confess, a puddle lump, someone who can be very dour and negative about life and always is always looking at things that are wrong with things. Mm. You know, how can I actually be someone who has a joy, a peace, a happiness uh, that while being realistic about the, the the challenges of life can also be good fun to be around and can be approachable and and be likable in that sense it's interesting isn't it because um a lot of these uh insights that we're sharing today they're quite sort of common sense but we, just, we don't think about them enough do we? we don't kind of realize yeah them. They, they say isn't it, common sense isn't necessarily common practice um <laughs> So that's that's certainly one 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 important thing. And so I don't think we're what we're saying here is is rocket science. I think we no. all in, intuitively know 
that uh, if somebody claims to be religious or spiritual, then uh, what do the people who are closest to them think about them? And that's probably, you know, we, we've talked about this on, a, on another podcast about success is that uh, true success is that having those people who know me the best, uh, sorry, the, the, the people who know me, who are closest to me, know and love me the most. So the people who know me the best love, love and respect me the most, as it were. That's true success because somebody can look very spiritual, very successful from a distance. But what are, what are the people who, who live with them day in, day, day, day in and day out think of them? That, that's the real test. Again, who are, they, who are they becoming as people? Now, Gordon, uh, in, in his talk, he was telling me that uh, he listed sort of uh, quite a few characteristics of, 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 of um, these Christian disciplines about um, spiritual maturity. So uh, we're not going to list them all now, but uh, just give us a bit of a flavour of some of the things that Gordon was talking about in terms of uh, how uh, we can characterise spiritual maturity. Yes, and he's, he's obviously speaking from a biblical Christian perspective. Um, but what he sort of puts first first above that, he says, demonstrate a consistent loyalty to Jesus, his life, his teachings and his challenges. So there's something about a real loyalty to those spiritual teachings. So particularly, I think, in Christianity, people have tried to, as it were, make up Jesus to into their own image. I think we all do this to some extent. We all tend to think God must be somehow the best aspect of me. God's you know, really very much like me or what I would like me to be on my best behavior mm. on my best days mm. well actually if we're going to have a relationship with god can your god disagree with you or do you have a god who basically agrees with everything that you think well that's not really a relationship <laughs> yeah. that that's that's really a made-up image you know um and we would never do that in a human relationship if, if you think about it you know a, a, you know andrew obviously we've got to know each other over the last couple of years but if andrew i was to say to you um, Andrew, I like to think of you as a six foot six uh, American baseball player who, in his spare time, likes to um, collect uh, postage stamps and uh, enjoys ballet on the TV. Is that anything like you at all, uh, Andrew? Not at all. Not at all. No. But Andrew, <laughs> although I, I once, I once um, was invited to the ballet, but I've never been. But. Andrew, if, if I was to say, but Andrew, it gives me great peace and joy and satisfaction to think of you like that. It really makes me feel really good to think of you as an American baseball player who's six foot six, who collects stamps and enjoys ballet. And uh, and I'm really happy to think of you like that. <laughs> now, I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous thing to say. In fact, it's actually quite insulting to you because what it's saying is I don't want to know the real Andrew Horton. Yeah. I want to know somebody who's a figment of my own imagination. So... And the tragedy is that so often we as human beings like to make God in our own image. We yeah. try to imagine what, he, how we would like him to be. But yeah. that's no relation. As, you see, Andrew, as long as I carry on thinking that way, then I cannot have a relationship with the real Andrew Horton. Yeah. Actually, uh, our yeah, and the, I mean, the other thing to say, uh, our listeners, Andrew's getting married in uh, three weeks' time. So, yeah. <laughs> so if you're listening to this podcast before March the 12th, then uh, you can you can know that he's getting married, and if you're listening afterwards, he, he will have been married. But uh, we can use the other analogy. You know, he's uh, he's marrying a lovely girl called Rhiannon, and um, but for their marriage to grow, I mean, Andrew's got some ideas in his mind about what Rhiannon is like, and Rhiannon's got some ideas in her mind about what Andrew's like. But after the March twelfth, they're going to be married. They're going to be living together. They're going to be sharing life together, and 
those things they had in their head are going to have to face reality. Mm. And the real Andrew and the real Rhiannon are going to have to be face to face with each other and have going to, going to have to deal with each other. And there'll be a lot of joy, but there will also be disappointment and discouragement. That's part of married life. And, you know, Andrew, you know, I've been married 25 years. So that that's the reality of it. But the point being I'm trying to make is you want to have a, re- a real relationship with your spouse, with a real person. What's well, the same with God? That's why, if you like, that there's this consistent loyalty to Jesus, his life, his teachings and his challenges. And Jesus says and does things that make quite, you know, that make me and make all of us, quite, quite frankly, uncomfortable. He says and does things that I wish he didn't say. Uh, and he challenges me about my life and about the ways that I do things. And and it's not about being a perfect person by any means, because who is? But it's about, as it were, consistently coming back to him and saying, OK, I've messed up. I can't I don't do this right. But I want to walk in the ways that you have i want to live up to the calling that you've given me so that's that's a really interesting um sort of top level there of, of spiritual maturity to, to follow and be consistent and loyal to jesus and his life his teachings and his challenges um and i think the example you said about you know you see someone as they really are rather than what the image you you have of them is it's really important as well and um just 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 Bring that round again to for me to the, uh, the how that kind of um, ties into the, the the elements of spiritual maturity for us. Now. Yeah, that, that's that's a great point, really, because if I'm going to have a real relationship with God, I need to know what He's really saying. He's that that there are, if you like, definite um, boundaries. There are def, you know, that. There are definite absolutes, as there are definite absolutes about any human relationship. You know, uh, I can't just make something up, up up myself. So that spiritual maturity is being realistic about that. Mm. It's being realistic about who right. God is and who I am. Yeah, that's the that's the key word, isn't it? Being realistic about yeah. it, yeah. facing 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 reality in that sense. Um, and as I do that, that's going to change me as a person. Um, one of the things that's always struck me, uh, and this is this is this is not from Gordon McDonald, but this is from from somebody called Dallas Willard, and he talks about growing. You know, two diagnostic questions, if you like, to ask um, about spiritual maturity is: Am I growing um, compared to say a year ago, or compared to say five years ago, or whatever time in the past? Am I growing more or less easily discouraged? Mm. And am I a more or less joyful person than I was in the past? So do I have a joy and happiness that is, as it were, not, uh, as it were, um, in fantasy land kind of happiness, yeah, yeah. but a joy that's, that, that, that is separate from what's going around me? Yes, there are things that, that go wrong in my life. Yes, there are things that disappoint and discourage me. But is there within me an inner core of joy that is growing? And also, when the setbacks happen, how much do they unsettle me? Mm. And obviously, when things happen and go wrong, I'm not saying we shouldn't grieve. I'm not saying we shouldn't feel angry and upset. But how much is, is am I able to, as it were, bounce back? And obviously, that, that's, that talks as well into the whole area of resilience, which we've talked about in, a, in, a, in, a, in another podcast. Mm. Um, in fact, that's, that, that's just podcast 13. But am I showing that kind of resilience, if you like, in terms of an inner joy and an inner 
ability to not be easily discouraged. Mm. I can I see a, a little theme um, coming through here about being realistic and being resilient, and that's the thing. I know we haven't we haven't um, um, written those as uh, as as a, as a mnemonic or anything like that, but it's it's interesting that you raise these these um, these these as we said at the beginning. It's about the common sense principles that we we all kind of know yeah, but we intuitively know i think we are often, we, we intuitively know these things but until we start bringing language and words around them yeah it's very hard to get a handle on them but once we can give words and understanding we can then begin to as it were step back from them and have a degree of objectivity and then hopefully in other areas of our lives where we're less aware we can begin to bring about change that, that that's that's the aim yeah should we have a few look at a few more of Gordon McDonald's um, points that he made, Sunil? Yeah. Um, I said there are thirteen. We're not going to go through them all, but no, there's no. some interesting ones. But maybe pick out one or two more for us, Sunil, and then we'll, we'll we'll take things forward from there. Yeah, I mean, I think the the other big thing is uh, having a hunger to keep on growing in in every aspect of of your life, regardless of your age. Um, and there's something here about and we talked about this on, on other podcasts and on other, other blog posts this issue of attitude mm. and having a degree of intentionality mm. you know nothing of any lasting significance or value happens by itself mm. you know if you if, if you want to have say for example a beautiful garden or a beautiful marriage mm. you, know, mm. you 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 have to be intentional about it you can't you know if you, if you take the garden analogy you can't you know just throw some seeds out there and just let, let it happen because by you know if you leave things to themselves then weeds will grow and you know uh, and you'll cause damage and you know marriage any relationship you, you have to have a degree of intentionality and I think this is where somehow or other um, I think particularly people who call themselves Christians can fall astray because there is this issue you know God is gracious to us and God has given his life for us on the cross through Jesus. And so there's nothing I can do to win his merit or favor. There's nothing I can do uh, because it's all of what, of, of what we call in the Bible grace. But at the same time, that grace demands the very best of me. Mm. So I have to, as it were, bring disciplines into my life. I have to be intentional about the way that I spend my time, uh, I have to be intentional about the way I cultivate cultivate my relationship with God. Mm. I can't just let it happen by itself. I can't allow myself to follow any whim or fancy that drops in from my head. Yeah, and there are things I have to say no to, things I have to say yes to. Uh, there's a way I have to think about how I organise and structure my life. Yeah, while at the same time not being judgmental or prescriptive, or or saying that because people don't do things the way I do them, therefore they must be wrong or, or anything like that. Sure. That kind of goes back to spiritual maturity. Yeah. Because the, the big danger with religion, and we've talked about this on, on, on a podcast as well, uh, that what's that, that's podcast number, uh, just looking it up actually as, as I'm talking there, podcast number seven, mm. that we talk about that, is a danger with, with religion is that it's so easy to compare myself to other people and say I'm performing better than them, therefore I'm a, a superior person well no you're not it's, it's it's not about performance because as we said earlier on it's all about grace yeah but that grace demands everything from me so if, you know if you want to use the example of, of a garden that um to create a beautiful garden 
requires a lot of effort, a lot of work, exactly. a lot of maintenance. Yeah. A beautiful marriage requires a lot of work, a lot of effort, a lot of maintenance. Mm. But but if you take the garden analogy, it's only God who can make the make the make the flowers and the plants grow. Grow, yeah. There's, there's, there's a Bible verse about that somewhere, isn't there? About it, it, man man plants the seeds, but it's God that yes, that makes right. them grow. Corinthians chapter three, yeah, mm. is that I think one man waters another man. Sorry, one man plants seed, another man waters, but it's only God who makes it grow. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Um, so there has to be a degree of intentionality, uh, and I think one of one of the things i've noticed about christianity in the west particularly has been this thing is that okay god has has saved me in jesus therefore now i just need to sit back and Mm. uh, until i get to heaven well no actually if god has loved you so much and done so much for you then your whole life has to be a response to that it's a lot to take in isn't it it's a lot spiritual maturity is, is 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 a uh, a high calling isn't it well not a high calling but a high there's high standards obviously we'll come we'll, we'll wrap up a bit later about sort of the highest standard which is obviously jesus but um yeah. uh, just let me pick out no, another... to, 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 I mean, obviously we're, we're talking from a biblical christian perspective mm. but i think a lot of these principles apply to you whatever religion you're in so our listeners whatever background you're from mm. i think it's it would be helpful for you to think of of your own spiritual faith through this particular grid Okay, pick out another one maybe, Snell, from, from Gordon McDonald's list. Uh, yeah. Um, well, the other big one is, I'm just taking one here, love to inspire and lead others towards personal growth in their faith. And I think that's interesting as well, because if if we take biblical Christians as well, Christians, Christians get, get a bad name because of, wanting to share their faith and people get offended particularly in this day and age people what we've done i think in in our western secular society is we've privatized religion we've said okay you can have your religious faith so long as you don't share it with anybody else Mm. Uh, and and if it makes you happy then all well and good but don't go around sharing your faith with me now on the one hand i'm not advocating that people share their faith in a way that's insensitive or rude or comes over with with a degree of superiority no by no means mm. but you know in the same way that if i find out that um there's <laughs> that there's a really good restaurant down the road that produces really good food and that that that, that that's well worth going to i want to share that with with my friends and nobody says you know how how arrogant of you about telling me that there's that there's a good restaurant down the road mm. well yeah you know <laughs> It, that should be my attitude if, if 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 I'm sharing my faith with other people because we live in you know we live in a world that has got so much bad news so much negative stuff yeah. that's happening so many people who are struggling you know with depression mental health issues physical health issues you know broken families you just you, you just name it there's there's a list of so many things and we're in desperate need of good news um, but I suppose the challenge is do I love people enough to want to share that at the risk of being misunderstood mm. or, or rejected or rejected yeah absolutely so there has to be um a real love for people that wants to share what i've learned and and, and, the, and the ways that i'm great and i'm not saying necessarily that you necessarily have to do that completely in 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 in, in a just in a speaking way because you know it, it's actions and words that that, that, that go together Okay, so sort of coming into land now and uh, 
just want to know if you to uh, give us some sort of closing thoughts and observations from what we've talked about today. It, it, you know, I think we both agree that there's, there's lots to talk about in, in a half an hour podcast, and there's lots to, to cover. And we've we've kind of gone on quite a few different journeys in this podcast, but there are some really key principles we've touched on today that we want to kind of wrap up with and, and conclude, don't we? Yes, Andrew. I mean. It's, I think it's important to try and think of it, what does it look like in, in a person? And um, on the website, drsignal.com, on the post, what does a spiritually mature person look like? Uh, I'd encourage our listeners to go and have a look at that. Um, it, it, this was from Wednesday, February the 17th, 20, 2016. Uh, I give a quote on somebody called Chris Wright talking about um, a Christian leader called John Stott, who died in 2011. And this is what Chris Wright wrote about John Stott. He said, there are three characteristics I've observed in John Stott that I will emulate for the rest of my life. The three are rigorous self-discipline, absolute humility, and a prayerful spirit. So think about that, rigorous self-discipline. We talked about earlier on, earlier on the podcast about it's, it's not just about saying, well, God has saved me through mm. Jesus on the cross and and therefore I need to just stop everything because he's done everything for me. He has done everything for me, but that requires a response on my part. It requires all of my life. So mm. John Stott dis, you know, displayed that in the rigorous self-discipline that he had in his life, in the mm. priorities he had, uh, famously you know, getting up at, I think it was five o'clock in the morning mm. to, to pray. Uh, again, I, I'm not advocating that for everybody, but I'm just saying mm. that you know, that's, that's, that was one of the ways that that was manifested. Mm. Uh, an absolute humility. So, you know, humility in the true sense of the word, not, you know, not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Yes, I love that. Yeah, yeah. not, you know, not that sort of self-preoccupation, everything, mm. the world revolves around me, mm. but realising, no, the world revolves around God mm. and I'm not the most important person, you know, on the planet, although I'm the one I think the most about, <laughs> but the world does consist of other people, a yeah. lot of other people. Yeah. <laughs> Just, just on that point quickly, I remember a, a, a minister at my church once saying, we need to realise that we're not the main part in this story. Yes. We are a bit part and that, that, in fact, we mustn't elevate ourselves to the level of of, of having a massive... We have, we have a massive role to play, but we're not, yes. we're, not, we're not massively important in terms of more important than other people. Yes, that's right, because we're all equally valuable. Mm. But and we all have different roles to play. Mm. That's right. So just going so rigorous self-discipline, the absolute humility, and a prayerful spirit, because ultimately, this flows out of a relationship with God. This is not religion. This is relationship. Mm. And as we said earlier on, it's a relationship that faces the reality of who God is and who I am. Uh, and it's not about me making up ideas in my head that you know, wouldn't you know, I'd like to think of God in a certain way. No, I want to to face the real God because. If I'm serious about my faith, mm. whatever faith that is, mm. you know, the reality is I'm going to die. The mm. reality is I'm going to meet God as he really is. Mm. And again, I say this to all our listeners, whatever your religious background, whatever your faith background, you need, you know, you and I need to do our best to face reality. No matter how painful that is. Again, you know, as we said, in, in, in marriage, when we, you know, and, and Andrew, you're going to experience this in a few <laughs> weeks time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and not to put you off, and Rhiannon, if you're listening in as well, you know, <laughs> not to put you off, Rhiannon, if you're listening, there'll be things about Andrew you won't like, and there'll be things about Andrew about Rhiannon you won't like, but you will grow in that. That is how you will grow. And there are things about God, you know, that I find difficult. Mm. 
mm. you know but that's what relationship is about mm. um so it's 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 those three things and so it's developing that relationship a prayerful spirit which is about a relationship with god a prayerful spirit absolute humility and, and rigorous self-discipline mm. but then what am i becoming that's that's yes. the, the next question really mm. and i suppose we can see and again this is a very personal question which we need to ask ourselves so compared to a year ago or five years ago or 10 years ago maybe mm. am i growing more or less irritated these days mm. you know what are the things that wind me up am I, because so often when we get irritated we focus in on the other person's failings and faults and we yeah. get very preoccupied with that and again you see that all over the world you know yeah. talking about somebody else's problems and, and you know i'm as guilty as the other as the next person yeah but am i able to sort of step back from that and look for look for the good in them and as it were as you, you know jesus talks about separating the sin from the sinner you know making that distinction mm. um and also am i growing more or less easily discouraged these days as well mm. I, I i think that's interesting because the um what i was thinking about when you were saying that was that uh, I think one of the principles of mindfulness and, and cognitive behavioral therapy, which I've, 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 I've been learning about, is that you actually um, have to not latch onto other people's emotions all the time. And if you, and if you've, if if someone's upset you, not to kind of um, uh, be, you know, beating yourself up or or getting angry with them, that sort of thing. You need to just keep 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 going on your own path. That in a sense, obviously, we need to work in Christian community, but you need to keep step by step and focusing on what you're doing, and that's part of being spiritually mature, I think, yeah. because you're actually um, keeping to the calling that you've been given, yeah. and not stepping away or um, being selfish and that sort of thing. Yeah, so being very very clear about what God has called me to do. Mm. Um, and again, that comes from the relationship with him. So God has given, you know, the Bible talks about in the book of Ephesians that we are God's workmanship, his, if you like, his work of art, his poema, his his masterpiece that created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he's prepared in advance for us to do. And that might be something that's very much behind the scenes or it might be something that's very, very dramatic and has, you know, global impact. But whatever it is, there is work that he has given me to do and only, that only I can do. And so I can take a healthy pride in that. I can take a, have, have a, uh, a healthy view of that. Uh, that's, that. that's really, really important. Okay, so now just some closing thoughts on spiritual maturity. What sort of comes, come, comes to you in terms of wrapping up here? Well, I think we've covered a lot of it, really. It, it's who am I becoming as a person? Am I growing more or less uh, easily irritated? Am I getting more or less discouraged? You know, it, it, if you like, it, it, it's that tightrope between presumption and despair. Mm. And as I grow in spiritual maturity, yes, I understand that Jesus has done everything for me on the cross. Therefore, I'm fully accepted because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. Therefore, um, if you like, the pressure is off. I've got nothing to prove. To, I've got nothing to prove to God. I've got nothing to prove to anybody. Mm -hmm. I'm so, as it were, absorbed in what God has called me to do that I stop thinking about myself. I love the way Tim Keller talks about it, is that um, a spiritually mature person functions like like your toes function. <laughs> your toes, you, you never think about your toes unless somebody steps on them, yes. unless they're broken, unless there's a problem. Okay, I don't wake up in the morning and say, you know, maybe I should, you know, thank God my toes are working wonderfully. Mm. They just work mm. because they're, they're doing what they're supposed to do. 
And I think there's something about, you know, I think, again, C.S. Lewis talks about this. If you, met, if you ever met a truly humble person, the thing that will strike you most about them is how interested they were in you. Yes. And just how genuinely happy they were with themselves and with life. Mm. So, again, not rocket science, as we said earlier on. But again, who am I becoming as a person? And again, I'd just say to our listeners, whatever religious faith or background you're from, I think it, 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 still, it boils down to that question. Is your faith helping you to grow into that kind of person? If you've enjoyed today's conversation, you can get all the show notes for this episode from drsunil.com. And could you do us a favour? Head over to iTunes to rate the programme. This is by far the best way to get this content into the hands of those who need it most. Also, do you think about who you could pass details of the podcast on to? Don't forget to check out the blog for more great content. That's drsunil.com, helping you to make sense of life in a challenging and complex world. Until next time, goodbye for now.